Well, hey, good morning, Alive Family Church. How are we all doing this morning? Man, it is so good to be in God's house with you guys this morning. Welcome uh, to Alive if you're joining us for the first time or your hundredth time. And, and shout out to all you uh, Alive Fam online as well. It's so great to have you guys with us. It is a great day. Um, I'm excited. We're starting a brand new series. This is a great, great Sunday for you guys to come uh, because we, like Erica was mentioned, uh, we're starting a brand new series we titled The Ruthless Elimination of hurry, and uh, it's actually based off of a book by that title. Uh, the author is John Mark Comer. We actually are selling that book in the lobby if we still have any left. Uh, you can get that on Amazon as well, but it's an immersive series. Uh, we are um, asking the question, how can you and I stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the midst of the chaos in our modern world? And that's, that's like a $1,000 question right there. And we're going to take the next few weeks to really dive deeper into some of God's principles in his word to help stop hurrying and slow our lives down and give us proper perspective to be present in the moment, to hear his voice more clearly, to connect with the kingdom and the will of God for our own lives. And I think it's a, it's a needed word in our culture. And uh, if you haven't already picked up a copy of the book, like I said, you guys can do that both on Amazon or in our lobby. Um, and we're not reading it like read four chapters and then do this, just start reading the content to get it in there. Because like I said, we want this to be immersive. Yes, come on Sundays and hear the content of the word of God preached. Read the book throughout the week. We are going to do our best uh, to send a weekly email out to all those on our email list to encourage you guys with some encouragement and practicals throughout the week along the way in this series. So we really want to just lean in and get the most out of it. Um, But Eric and I have had a series of this nature on our heart for quite a while now. And we've just like been, Lord, like when and where does it fit? A lot of the principles that we'll be talking about, about solitude and silence and Sabbath and simplicity and slowing down a bit. Uh, We've sprinkled that throughout some messages throughout our almost four years of existence as a church, but we are so excited to be like, this is, now is time. We feel like a lot of us are reestablishing new rhythms in this post kind of COVID craziness, or we've already subconsciously set up rhythms, healthy or unhealthy that might need a check from the Lord on what life looks like, our pacing of life, our responsibilities, and there's no better time than now to really dive in for the next four weeks. And so we're going to take the journey with you guys because I think a lot of us don't have to look around very long or very hard to realize that we have a hurry problem in our culture, right? We, we are overworked, overstressed, overwhelmed, overdistracted with so many things. And, and I think if we're not careful, we can just accept it as, well, dude, like that's life. Like welcome to life, right? Like that, it's just, things are just busy and they're always busy and they'll never get any better. Or you might feel trapped. Like you know deep in your soul that things aren't aligned how they should, but you just don't see a way out or you don't have permission to have a way out or you don't know what that looks like practically in your life. We're gonna answer all of that and more and really take this journey together. Uh, but I'm, I'm here to tell you today and I'm on assignment from the Lord, I believe, that all of that busyness, that hurry, that stress, that overworked, over, overproducing, that is not healthy. Amen? And that is actually not how God designed us, spirit, soul, and body, to actually function in life. There is a rhythm to creation. There's a cadence to creation that was started in the very beginning in the garden. And we have drifted, especially us in the Western culture here in America, we have drifted so far from that and called it normal life. 
and then try to put like a Jesus Christian relationship on top of that and expect life to be good and flow well and for us to be healthy, spirit, soul, and body. And I don't think we're getting it done. I believe there's so much more, so much unscratched potential in our relationship with God, in our families, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our vocations, in our businesses that are untapped because of the unhealthy, like like the, the rhythms. Have you ever felt like your life is out of alignment? Like the things that you value and know it's important yet you don't get to spend the time on those. And you're over here chasing this or doing this or producing this and trying to get it so then one day this will be good. But how do you guys know? Life is short. Life is but a vapor. Life's here one minute and gone the next. And we don't, we, this isn't a game to play. We are given one life. How we live it and how we lead it, it creates just so much urgency on what I'm about to share and, and talk about today. And so if you guys are desiring deeper places with God, this is a series for you. If you guys are desiring life rhythms that align to your life values, this is a series that will shake that up in a good way. And if you want to be healthy spirit, soul, and body, this is going to be a series that will challenge us to our core in a good way. And I'm excited for the journey, uh, but we're going to need God's help. And so let's go to him in prayer as we begin today's message, and then I'll jump right in. Father, we love you so much, and uh, we just thank you for your presence here today. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be afraid or don't have to fear our culture, the world, even what we're dealing with personally, because you are with us and you are strong and you strengthen us. Holy Spirit, give me the words, give me the strength today to communicate what you want me to communicate to your people today. Lord, we pray that we would grow in our relationship with you, grow in our knowledge, and Lord, may our heart be open to the beautiful invitation I believe you want to deposit into our hearts and our lives today as we follow you for all of our days. Lord, we love you so much, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed, said amen. So some of you guys are like, yo, dude, what's with the goldfish? Like, what, what's he doing up here? Are we doing all right here? This is alive, all right? Does everybody say good morning to alive? Uh, because I'm not much of a fish guy, and we kept him alive overnight. So he is alive, all right? And he's going to help me preach today. Uh, not very vocally, just more as an illustration. Uh, this will make more sense in a second here, but I love some of the stats that John Mark Comer opens up in the first few chapters. If you haven't started reading the book yet, you'll hear probably some of this again, but I thought it'd be good to just put it in proper perspective for our, this, un, this hurried life, this distracted life, all of this. All right, check this out. Before Thomas Edison invented the light bulb in 1879, the average American slept 11 hours a night. Somebody say, whoa, 11 hours of sleep. Like, what does that feel like? That's like when I was 10 and I slept in. You know, like, like where has that gone? Why? Because there was no light. So when it got dark, guess what? You go to bed. And when the sun came up in the morning, you woke up and you worked. And that's how life was. Pretty simple then, Right. Wow, what would 11 hours feel like now? I don't even think our bodies could handle that. Like, I think we just blow a circuit or something. Then, then you think about just the change, the social status change that's happened even in our culture over the years. Back in the day, leisure used to be a sign of wealth. Like, yo, like I actually relax and I do pretty well, so I, I take some vacations and I, and I do all this. Now it seems, even though people still have that in their lives, it seems like busyness is a symbol of wealth. Like, hey man, how you doing? Busy, man. Oh, I got four companies going. I got a new one in the works. I'm doing this over here. Kids are going to Grand Haven this day, blah, 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 blah. And like, busy is the sign of wealth. And it's like, that's not super attractive. Yet our culture has glorified that. I don't know about you guys. I'm guilty of this myself. The most common answer 
I receive when I ask a random person out on the street, even some of you in the lobby, and even myself when you guys ask me, how was your week? Busy. Okay, give me a new answer. How was your week? Good, but busy. That's it? Like, and busy's good? Like, you, you, you're proud of that? No, I'm not really proud of that. It's just busy. You know, I got kids, I got business, I got, like, we're just juggling, right? And we're like, busy. When did busy become the new cool, sexy way to live life? And isn't there something wrong with this, right? Then we've got our smartphones. Look at, look at my notifications already as I've been preaching today. Like, Smartphone, dumb people, amen? <laughs> like, it is not doing well to our brains, right? I love these things. I love technology. I love the gift that it is and, and how we can use it for the kingdom. But here's the deal. The average smartphone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. What? Yeah, subconsciously, we're touching it. We're thinking about it. We're touching it. When we touch it, we tap it. We swipe. We do all, all those count as touches. You can see how that could add up pretty quick. On average, the user uses their phone for two and a half hours per day, which equates to 76 different sessions. So like, okay, let's make sure everything's good here. Yep, all right. I'm bored. All right, and then we pick it up again. We check something like, like 76 different sessions and a bunch of taps in that. That's called addiction, Right? That is, that is an issue, right? Then you look at our media usage. The average me- American spends 705 hours a year on social media. That's equivalent to 30 days out of your year. That's one month scrolling, liking, tapping, TikToking, all right? That, that's, and then we, got, we, we couple that with our media and our, like our TV and Netflix and all that, 2,737 and a half hours on TV a year. That's 114 days worth of TV. That is one-third of your year in front of the tube or the tablet or whatever it is. That is concerning, right? And it's having a huge effect on us whether we realize it or not. The sociologists and people that study the brain and the mind and our mental health, they're coining this phrase, hurry sickness. It's actually a new sickness, a new disease that's spreading through and affecting us psychologically and our, and our mental health, that there's this sickness of just constantly having to go, 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 and tap, 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 and swipe, 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 and, and do that. And it's reconditioning our brains. And then no judgment because we all get checked on this even on the way to church. You know those like white signs on the side of the road that have uh, black numbers on them and it says like speed limit above it? Do you guys, have you ever seen these before? Yeah, they're out there. You should check them out. Like this has become a social suggestion to most Americans, right? Like (laughs) do we really go the speed limit? No, we always go at least five, six over, right? Because we just go with the flow of traffic. That's the speed limit. And we just keep upping that, right? Or is there a problem with our culture just wanting to constantly go faster, faster, quicker, quicker, instant, instant, now, 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 and not wait and be patient, right? And then our attention spans, which leads me back to our beloved alive goldfish, all right? Back in 2000, before the digital revolution, which is when the iPhone and the smartphone was introduced in the early 2000s, the human attention span was on average 12 seconds, which I'm not really happy about that. Like, that's not something to boast, but okay, we got to have a starting point, right? So we have 12 seconds, all right? Since that point, it has decreased to an average of eight seconds, yikes, under double digits. But to put that in perspective, the attention span of our goldfish friend is nine seconds. So we are getting beat by alive 
in our attention spans. And for help today, because I know that, and that's statistically proven, if you need to veg out during my sermon, then you can look at Goldie here, all right? And, and that will help your attention span, because we'll, you'll be back in eight seconds, all right? Um, but you might drift for eight seconds, and now you at least have something to look at, all right? But I share this because, man, we got to get real with the facts. We got to real with where we're at in culture. Like, what is all of this distraction doing to us? What is all of this addiction doing to us? And what is the pace of life that is set up and called normal literally doing to us personally, physically, emotionally, even our spiritual relationship with God and our health? What is it doing? I love that John Mark Comer looks at the issue from this perspective. He says this, could it be that we are more busy than bad, more distracted than non-spiritual. I really like that pondering because here's the deal. I don't think we're blatantly going out there and sitting. I don't think we blatantly try to screw up our life, but is it maybe because we're so busy that, that we're not really bad, but it, it, we're, we're busy, so we're not focusing on the things we shouldn't, and we're drifting there. And, and I don't think any of us woke up this morning and said, I want to screw up my relationship with God today. I want to run further away from God today. No, but are we just distracted have we just become so consumed with other things that we're drifting and not in alignment with God's plan and his will and in present moment with his presence attuned to what God wants to do? Could it be that? And so what is the solution? Why are we here? Why are we talking about this? Why are we spending a few weeks on this? Well, here's what I do know. It's not more time in the day. You know why? Because if, we were, if God literally added more hours to each day, because we all get 24, if he added, you get eight more, right? We would just fill that with more stuff and junk, wouldn't we? We're creatures of habit. So we would just become more busy, more overloaded, more stressed out. It isn't a time issue, right? And, 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 and here's the deal. The solution then is what we're going to be taking this journey on for the next few weeks. It is the opposite. It's to pause, to slow down, and focus our heart and our priorities on the things that matter most. And as cliche as this might sound, I pray that God would breathe fresh breath on what this actually means today. What that means, our solution is we need to come to Jesus. We need to follow the way of Jesus. And this will make more sense at the end of my message. But Jesus, when we look to the Gospels and we look at his life, he shows us a better way. He models it. When we become followers of Jesus, when we become disciples of Jesus, when we become his apprentice and we actually student under the rabbi teacher Jesus and look at his life, he shows us a way where love, joy, and peace and the things of the kingdom of God can become our everyday normal reality if we walk with him. And I don't know about you guys, but like, can love, joy, and peace and hurry coexist. That's where the tension lies, right? That's where it's like, okay, we're, our culture's pushing us this fast. Jesus is saying, live from here. There's a push-pull, and you might feel like a ragdoll caught in the middle of this, but I believe by faith and through the teaching of the word and by some just revelation that God's going to give us this month, we can make some pauses and some stops and some changes that would get things back in realignment so that we could experience the fullness and the good life that God has for us, Right? John Ordberg, who wrote the foreword to the book uh, that we're reading, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he said this, that was pretty thought-provoking. He said, I, I cannot live in the kingdom of God with a hurried soul. Like, man, chew on that for a second. Because we all want to live in the kingdom of God and have the attributes of the kingdom, love, joy, peace. But can we really do that? Can those coexist with a life of constant distraction and hurry? And, and I don't believe so. He goes on in another part of the book. He says, for many of us, 
uh, the great danger is not that we're going to renounce our faith. It's that we'll become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we'll settle for a mediocre version of it. We'll just skim our lives instead of actually just living them. Hello, that is dangerous, right? To, to have a beautiful life that God has blessed us with, but just skim the surface of what God wanted us to experience because we're so busy and so distracted. I don't know about you guys, I'm fired up to like say, you know what, does it have to be this way? And are there some ways that we can live even in the now that can help us connect fully with the plan of God on our life? And so where do we turn? Who do we turn to? Obviously it's Jesus, but I wanna turn to an invitation, a way of life, a, a, a yoke, as we're gonna learn about, that will help invite all of us into this beautiful relationship with Jesus, and not just as our Savior, but as our Lord, where we walk with Jesus daily and we follow his lead and his example that can really turn the tide on this. And so if you brought your Bibles or you turned those on, we'll have it on the screens as well. We're gonna go over to Matthew chapter 11 and look at two verses here that will really rock your world. And it's chapter uh, 11 of Matthew, verses 28 through 30. A lot of you guys are familiar with these passages of scriptures. We even talked talked about it last week, uh, but I want to breathe some fresh breath. I believe the Holy Spirit is working and moving. He wants to give some fresh revelation on a popular verse to invite us into a deeper place with him. So let's take a look at it. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest, right? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, I love this invitation that Jesus gives us. And I also like how Eugene Peterson puts it in the message translation. Check out how this reads, uh, just kind of more modern language. It says this, Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Hello, come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, Jesus says. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Can I get an amen in the room? Does that not sound so amazing? I don't know about you. When I read that verbiage, it's like every part of the fiber of my being goes, like really comes alive to the purpose and the trueness of how Jesus wants us to live from a place of freeness and lightness and a place of rest. And nowhere do I see hurry, busy, busy distraction in Jesus's invitation right? This is huge, right? Jesus calls us to a few things. Number one, he says, I want you to live life freely and lightly. And I don't know about you, that's not how a lot of us describe our week usually, right? Hey, bro, how was your week? It was free and it was light. Hey, man, how was your day at the office? Oh, it was free and it was light. Hey, mama, how was your day home with the three little humans? It was free and it was light, when they were sleeping, right? Like, like, let's just be real. Like, we don't describe much of anything as free and light. And Jesus says, that's the life I give to you and I invite you in. And so something's been terribly wrong between that invitation and how we're living our life today. We see that Jesus invites us to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Don't you love that term? Like, 
There's no forcing this. This is just a rhythm and a flow, such a counter opposite to our forced rhythms of hurry and stress and go, go, go. See, God, through Jesus, invites us into a place and a space where, hey, there's a cadence to creation. There's a proper pacing for our life that is human possible. Physically, it's helpful. Spiritually, it's helpful. Emotionally, in our soul health, it's a healthy place. But if we try to bump that rhythm and get ahead of God and go too fast and we're out in front and God's behind, we can mess this thing up and get it twisted. And man, God wants to put it in the right perspective and get us back in alignment to how he created us. Amen. And Jesus is calling out to the depths of who we are this morning and saying, man, you can have that rhythm of grace about your life. That's a beautiful thing. The last thing I see in here is Jesus promises to give us real rest. Everybody say real rest. Man, that sounds good. Not fake rest, not counterfeit rest, right? Jesus isn't talking about just take a nap, bro, and get back to the busyness, right? He's not not suggesting that we just do a quick 30 minutes of mindless scrolling and liking and then back to the to-do list. He's not saying, hey, let's just binge on Netflix for a night and then everything will be okay and then back to the grind. No, he is saying and talking about a real rest, a rest that is real, a rest that refreshes you, that leaves you better, a rest that isn't here today, gone tomorrow, but this is this inner rest, this rest that you carry with us, the kingdom of God, love, joy, and peace go with you. When you walk on the office, on the work site, love, joy, and peace come with you. When you parent the kids at home, even though they're crazy and stressful, you have love, joy, and peace to give somebody, right? This rest that Jesus wants is real rest. And so this isn't a, this is how Jesus lives life. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this stuff because I know I'm not living in this fully. Anybody else understanding that, hey, we've got a lot of work cut out for us to live life how Jesus intended for us to live. But man, isn't he a good God to give us an invitation to join him? To already do everything he was going to do so that he'd provide a way for us to live in this way? See, this is how Jesus lives life, and the coolest thing ever is this is how he wants you and I to live life too. We gotta get that down on the inside of us, and how? How do we do this? Three words from his invitation. Come to me. There isn't an app for this. You can't out-earn or out-produce this. This isn't an Insta-type thing. It's a, it's a discipleship. It's a personal relationship thing. It's a way of Jesus. Jesus says, come to me and I'll teach you, I'll show you how to live an unhurried, undistracted life. And so we see Jesus says, okay, take my yoke upon you and my yoke is easy. Can we talk about yoke for a second, all right? Because this term, when some of us say yoke, you're thinking about that breakfast omelet that you either had or want after this service, you know what I'm saying? Jesus ain't talking about breakfast, all right? So sorry to disappoint some of you. This is not what he means when he says the yoke, all right? Back in that culture, go with me, at contra, some context for you guys. Back in the culture that Jesus lived in, when the farmers were talking, there was a term called yoke, and every farmer knew this. A yoke was not an egg scrambled. It was, it was a wooden harness that linked two animals together to pull a load down the road. It was a yoke. It was actually a little harness, like a harness that hooked. You often heard the term a yoke of oxen. That meant two oxen yoked or harnessed together to pull a cart full of heavy stuff down the road or to its destination, right? Now, in midst of a harness, a yoke was also a training tool. Farmers knew this. Often what they would do is yoke a bigger, heavier, stronger, more mature, experienced oxen with a younger, 
less experienced, little intimidated oxen, and they would yoke them two together. Why? Because the yoke took the burden, and the bigger one was able to bear the burden of the weight so that the little one didn't have to freak out and could actually learn from the, the older one, more experienced one, how to actually do this. There, that there was a rhythm and a pace and a cadence, and you don't go too fast, and you don't go too slow, but at the right pacing, we, which we shouldn't be able to do this because both of us separate could not pull this heavy, but together with the older one leading the way, they could drive down the road and carry this load. And this imagery is so beautiful when we think about our relationship with Jesus and his invitation that we just read about. When he says, take my yoke upon you, he's saying, yoke up with me, harness up with me. And the cool thing is Jesus is the older, stronger, more experienced partner in this situation. So here's the good news for you and I. We do not have to bear the burden. Jesus already bared the burden for us, amen? We do not have to do the heavy lifting. Jesus already did the heavy lifting for us. We do have to consciously say, I'm gonna yoke up with Jesus and I'm gonna watch this guy and I'm gonna learn how his rhythm of grace and his pacing for life and his purpose and intentionality of life, I'm gonna learn from the master and I'm gonna be good at this myself someday, amen? That's the invitation that Jesus is giving to each and every one of us when he says, take up my yoke. Take my yoke. Jesus was not a farmer. So when he says my yoke, he's not talking about a harness and bondage and slavery. He's talking about a teaching. He's, he was a rabbi, amen? He's talking about a way of life. Jesus is saying, take my way of life. Take my lifestyle. Take how I live my life upon you and watch what I can do through that, amen? And so Jesus is giving us an invitation. And the crazy thing is, whether we like it or not, We're all yoked to something. We're all harnessed to something in life. It could be a sin pattern or sin habit that we're not proud of, that we're yoked to. We let it teach us and master us. It could be a relationship that we know this is not of the Lord and it's doing more harm than good and we're yoked to that person. It could be uh, the, the, the place we work or the idea of what we want someday and, and the pacing of that. We could be yoked to an unhealthy rhythm or pattern in our life. But I love the invitation of God this morning because no matter what we're yoked to, we all have an invitation and a fresh start. And Jesus says, come take my yoke upon me. Drop that other yoke, that broke yoke, and and pick up the yoke of Jesus. Pick up the way of life of Jesus, the pacing of Jesus, the perspective and the intentionality of Jesus. And we can do that this morning. The other thing I love about the yoke is he said it was an easy yoke. Everybody say easy. It's not a hard yoke. Easy, when you study the Greek word easy used in this passage of scripture, it actually translates good. So Jesus is saying, hey, my yoke, take it upon me. It's a good yoke. Like this yoke is good for you. This way of life is a good thing for you. Now, I'm talking about slowing down. I'm talking about Sabbath. I'm talking about simplifying life. These are like counter-cultural things. What we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, you're going to be like, what? Like, do people even live like this? And is this even possible? It's going to challenge the fiber of our being because we've been in our system of the world and culture for so long. But Jesus is saying, hey, I, I, I know best. I love you. I created you. I died for you. And I'm telling you, you can pick up my yoke, my teaching. And it's a good Yoke. How many of you guys know it's not a burden to be yoked to Jesus? It's a blessing. Amen? It doesn't ruin your life. I used to think that when I was a young punk college kid drinking and partying and doing all this stupid stuff. I thought, man, if I get Jesus, he will ruin my life. 
It talk about buzzkill. Now, now it affects what I do on Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights at college. It affects how I talk. It affects what I look at on the internet. It affects everything. And that doesn't sound fun. So I looked at Jesus as this massive buzzkill dude. Like I, ain't, I, I'll get saved on my deathbed so I can party all my life and then just slip in. You know what I'm saying? Like just, right? Like, but I live my life. No, that you don't play with that. Life's short. Life is not guaranteed. But when I met Jesus, when I actually picked up the yoke of Jesus, not the idea of Jesus or around Jesus, but like Jesus became part of who I was. I had a personal relationship. I found out, man, was I wrong. It wasn't a burden to follow Jesus. It was the best thing that ever happened to my life. And it still has, and I'm unashamedly telling you, man, I never thought in a million years I'd be preaching the gospel on a stage to a church and pastoring a church. I had a different plan and call for my life, but hello, how many know God knows better than we do? There's a better way. There's a better way in Jesus. Come on. And there's a better way for you and I to live in the midst of a culture that's so obsessed by overproducing, overconsuming, overaddiction, overswiping, overtapping, and now is the time, church of God, to arise and awaken and not play the these little algorithm games that they're doing an experiment on us and awaken to the real God and the real Jesus that wants to change us, mold us, help us parent our families, raise up godly offspring, and be the light that he's called us to be in this world. Does anybody else want that in this place? <laughs> Woo! How you doing, Alive? Sorry, it's getting a little loud up here. And so that's good news for you now. We got an easy, good yoke that Jesus said, yo, take this yoke upon me and and I love John Mark Comer. He kind of gives us the secret of the easy yoke. And what is that? It's actually not easy, but it's important. And he says this, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. So good, we'll have to say that again. If you and I want to experience the life of Jesus, the way Jesus lives life, woohoo, that sounds awesome. We have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And he uses an analogy in the book that I really resonate with. Maybe some of you guys do, and we'll talk about a couple other ones. But he talks about the difference between a runner and somebody who runs. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you guys know, if you're ever in the running culture, like, runners are a different breed. Like, you go to bed at midnight and ate uh, Buffalo Wild Wings before you went to bed. Runners went to bed at 930 and drank a gallon of water and ate celery. You know, like, you wake up and throw on these old ratty shoes that you cut the grass in, and they, like, put on these Brooks things, and, like, like they stretch, and they foam roll, and they do all this, right? They've got the gear, right? When we just go for a run, we, our running is dependent on the weather. It looks like a good, less humidity day. I'm going to go for a run, right? Hey, put my earbuds in. I look at me. I'm a runner. They're like, it's snowing. Let's run. It, there's a hurricane. Let's run, right? It's hot. Let's run. Let's run, run, run. Like, runners... And people that go for run, there's a different lifestyle behind that, right? A lot of you guys are, are resonating this. There is a difference between a chef and a person who cooks a meal. Yeah? I, I am not a chef. Amen? The, the preparation, the, the decor, the style, the ingredients, the freshness, all of that. The chef, it's an art. They know what they're doing. We're just like cooking meals trying to survive, right? Like, like is this healthy? I don't know. We're not really sure, but we're going to eat it, right? Let's just stay alive. Chef. 
uh, person who cooks meals, different lifestyle there, right? There is a difference between being a financial investor and being someone who just ha- invested in something, right? Like financial investors look at the market, they look at the trends, they look at it every single day, they're analyzing it. People that invest are like, I hope this is a good idea, let's make some money, right? But we're like, we're like kind of rolling the dice and making sure it works, right? Different lifestyle behind the results. And then for some of you guys, you, you totally get this. There is a difference between, between being a legit fisherman and hunter and being someone who just fishes and hunts. You get an amen? No? No hunters or fishermen in here? Like, hunters and fishermen, they're serious. Like, if you are that, like, you wake up early, you have the gear, you know where you're going, you're planned out, we ain't playing games, man. Quit being loud in the deer stand, get out of here. Quit crunching those Doritos, we done, all right? I'm taking this serious, I got one shot at this buck this year, don't screw it up, right? Versus like, oh, let's go fishing. Where's Mountain Dew? It's hot. Are we going to catch anything? Like, there's a different level of patience and preparation between somebody who is a fisherman and hunter and somebody who just goes fishing and hunting. I share all these silly analogies because the same is true when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. I think we all heartfelt would say, we want to follow the way of Jesus. We want to be a follower of Jesus. But to do that, there is a lifestyle a discipline, a disciple, discipline, discipleship about that relationship that causes us to live a little bit differently if we want the fruit and the results of the life we want to go after. And so there's a tension there of like, we want it, but are we willing to go after it? Are we willing to be all in? Are we willing to lean into the things that God has in store for us, right? This isn't a like, come here and get, let, let's get unhurried in less than an hour on a Sunday morning. Good message, pastor. Get on out there and go back to our chaos and our busy and expect to be changed. This is a journey. This is an invitation that Jesus is presenting to us today that's an ongoing thing. We're going to learn, right? The auction didn't learn from the older one in just one setting. He did it over and over and again. And as he moved down the road and the more he did it, the more he became like him and the more he understood that lifestyle. The same is true with our relationship with God. Each day we can be formed more in the image of him and his likeness, his love, his peace, his joy, amen? And the crazy thing is, when we look to Jesus, who is our example, who has a yoke, which is a teaching and a lifestyle, rarely in the gospels do we see Jesus in a hurry. Rarely. Like if you study out all the stories in the gospel and you look at Jesus and all the interactions of what we have from the word of God, I don't see my, my Jesus in a hurry at all. For time's sake, we won't go to all these scriptures on the screen, but if you're a note taker and you go on some deeper study this week, Mark chapter five, a lot of us are familiar with this. Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. And in the midst of him making his way, a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years reaches out and touches the hem of his garment and and Jesus gives her all the time of day with her as he's on his way to heal somebody else. And I, I always have to try to put myself in Jarius' shoes in our culture. Hey, bro, remember, you're, you're trying to heal my daughter. What's this lady doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, we'd be so agitated, I think. Like, oh, is, are we ever going to make it? Is my daughter going to live? But we don't get any of that. Jesus is fully present in the moment. And he gives all of the kingdom of God to this woman. And then still heals Jarius' daughter. Both get healed. Because he's not in a hurry, he's not in a rush. He's intentional and he's live in the moment. 
We see in John chapter 11 when Jesus is brought the news about his really good friend Lazarus who is sick to the point of death. They're like, hey, 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 Jesus, I don't know if you heard, like Lazarus, your boy, Lazarus, he is like not just an acquaintance. This guy is a friend of Jesus. He is about to die. He's so sick. Jesus waits where he's at for two more days before making his way to Lazarus who passes away. Some of us, that makes our head tilt. What? How could a loving God do that? He wasn't in a rush and he knew what he was going to do the whole time. Amen. There's a poise and a balance and a rhythm and an intentionality of the kingdom of God in Jesus' eyes. We see in Mark chapter four, I love this. For those of you guys that love taking a good nap every now and then, come on, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is go to bed, amen? Take a nap. You're gonna just flesh out and do something stupid if you don't get some rest. Jesus is in the front of a boat that is caught in the winds and the waves and the disciples are screaming like a bunch of little girls like, we're gonna die, where's Jesus? And he's snoring logs in the front of the boat. Why? Because he ain't worried and he ain't scared because he's in control and he is at rest and he's not in a hurry. He stands up. What the heck is your problem? Wind be still, waves be still, and he calms that storm. He shows him an example. Hey, when you just live in my peace and my joy and my love and my rhythm, things are going to be all right no matter what's swirling around you. God's got you. Amen. The key is, are you in the boat with Jesus? Are you yoked with the right person? Because that's what will get you through the storm or not, amen? Over and over, Jesus was constantly interrupted and never once do I see him agitated or ticked off or annoyed about being interrupted. Often the most biggest inconveniences that happen in our life are the breakthrough moments where God's miracles wanna flow the most. And the key is, are we present in the moment or are we too hurried and distracted to get what God wants us to get out of that moment? And so that's a challenge to us in our culture. Now, the flip side of this isn't like, oh, cool, I'm going to be lazy then because Jesus was just really chill and relaxed. Like, Jesus didn't sit on the couch in sweatpants and eat Sour Patch Kids, Sour Patch Kids all day, right? He was busy, but not like we're talking busy. He had a full schedule. I would, I would, anybody want to debate that? He had a lot of people that wanted to get a piece of him and get a touch of him and hear him and get healed by him. Yet he was never in a hurry. He was never in a rush. And I love this. He made it an, an, an important thing in his life, a priority in his life to inject some margin into his schedule. What is margin? Comer calls it this way. It's the space between our load and our limits. I like that. There's our load and our limits and there's gotta be a little bit of space in there. And so what do we see Jesus doing? Waking up early and getting alone with the Father. Some margin to prep for that day. Getting away for a day or a week. And, and Where is Jesus? I don't know. He needed to go. He obviously needed to spend that time. We see Jesus sleeping in a little bit. We see Jesus spending time around a table, eating a meal with some of his closest friends often. I don't know about you guys. You guys know how I love food. Like I love when I get invited to somebody's house and it's like six o'clock. They're like, what are we doing tonight? We're eating. Someone's like, and? I'm like, no, just eating. We've got till 10 a.m., 10 p.m. It's six o'clock right now to eat. Nice and slow, taste the food, have a couple drinks, sit around and, and talk and fellowship and, and be in the moment with no rush to get on to something else. Just eat, just commune, just be in each other's presence. It's beautiful. Man, have we lost that. We see Jesus simplifying his life. He didn't, he, Jesus was wealthy. He had a, had Judah, like he actually had a money bag that he had to take care of. So obviously he had money. 
but money didn't have him, amen? Jesus had the clothes on his back, the sandals on his feet, and he walked in and did God's will. We don't say, oh, it's time to go to a new town. Everybody get the 18 million donkeys with Jesus stuff to get ready to move. Like, oh, there's this big screen TV. Make sure you get the yacht. Make sure you get all that stuff. Come on and bring it. He simplified his life because he was on mission, amen? Not bad to have any of those things, but those things have you, bad situation, amen? When it has your heart. Jesus simplified his life. We're gonna learn how to simplify things this month. And the thing that I think ministers to me the most is Jesus walked places. Everybody say walked. He walked. I don't see Jesus sprinting in the gospel. I don't see Jesus in a hurry. I don't see Jesus trying to beat somebody else. I see Jesus walking, calculated, intentional, each step with love in his eyes and purpose in his heart for each person he would encounter and was about to encounter to be fully present in the moment. And so many of us, man, I'm so guilty of this, especially my long legs. Like, I'm trying to get there before you. Like, oh, there's a free thing over there. Cool. Like, let's see. You know what I'm saying? Fast walking. Like, like I already have an advantage because my legs. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do I need to go? Why am I in such a hurry? Like, slow down. Walk. Don't be in a rush because we might miss the kingdom of God if we're too busy and too hurried and too distracted. And so that's why I'm so excited to take this journey with all of you these next few weeks. And I pray that you guys are stirred up and and excited too. We don't have all the answers. We don't have it all together, but I'll tell you what, we know the one who does. And this series, I believe, could be a a radical game-changing moment for you in your marriage, your family, the way you raise your kids, with your business. It affect your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health. We wanna be a healthy church, amen? Too much of people being one flash in a pot, burning out, going hard, hard, and then they have nothing to show for it, amen? Jesus is about the long haul, amen? Life ain't a sprint, it's a marathon, amen? And it's one integrous decision after another. It's one discipleship moment after another. It's one relationship after another. It's one God touch after another that gets us to the final destination, amen? And we need to be in it for the long haul. We need to be paced in the right pacing, amen? That's why when we're talking about solitude and silence in the next few weeks, Sabbath, there's actually a thing that God calls Sabbath, and I can't wait to tell you about it in a few weeks. If you haven't heard or need a refresher on it, it is God designed. It made his top 10 list. It's really important to him, and it's really not important to most of our culture today and it's why we're drying up on the vine and we're burning out and we need to get back to it and there's a slowing and a simplicity to our life that God has in the gospels and so I love what it says in third John chapter one verse two I'll leave you with this John prays this he says beloved 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 by God I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers I think we all want to prosper and be in health in all areas of our life. But there's a, there's a prereq to that attached at the end, just as your soul prospers. My question, friends, is are our souls prospering with the current demands of this culture and the weights of this world and the pacing that we have set up in our life? Is our soul healthy? Because if it's not healthy, we can't prosper and be in health in all areas. So we're going to take some time to get under the hood and allow God and Jesus and his yoke to show us a better way. The way of Jesus is better. And so how do we respond to a message like today? There could, you could find yourself in a bunch of different areas or seasons of life. The first one is this, just being real and not ignoring the issue. What area or areas of your life do you feel hurried? Do you feel rushed? that is stealing your joy, that's stealing peace, that's stealing love. 
And God, what would you have me do about that? Or maybe put it this way, in what areas do you not sense the love, peace, and joy of God in your life? And you could definitely put your finger on it and say there's something out of alignment in this area. You may not need to have all the answers yet. That's why we have a series. That's why we have a couple weeks left. We'll help you along the journey. But just locating it and giving it a name helps it lose its power, amen? Because Jesus is the name above every name. And so he's greater, his yoke's greater. The second area that I think that's an invitation for all of us is this. Have you picked up Jesus's yoke? Are you willing to take the yoke, the teaching of Jesus, the lifestyle? Do you wanna live life how Jesus lived it? Then we must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus, right? It's his easy yoke, it's a good yoke. It's not gonna ruin your life. It's gonna bless your life. It's gonna help your marriage. It's gonna help you be a better parent. It's gonna help you be a good steward of the resources God gives you. The time that we're given on this earth is limited and short, and we want to make the most of it. And so Jesus, help us in that. And may we all just pick up the yoke of Jesus and surrender in our hearts. And as we do this, this will get us in the right position to move forward in the coming weeks. And here's the one thing I know. Can't do this in our own strength. We weren't created to. Jesus wants to help us. Let's yoke up with him. Let's go to him in prayer as we close. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your presence here with us, for your word, for your life, your example that you modeled so beautifully for us. You were never in a hurry. You were never in a rush. You were fully present in every moment. And Lord, you call us to take on that same yoke, that same lifestyle. Lord, you see the culture that we're living in. It's not easy, you know it. But Lord, it's definitely possible as we follow you, as we hook in with you, as we pick up you, Lord. Show us and reveal, Holy Spirit, areas of our life that are not in alignment with the values and priorities in our hearts. Help us get back to slowing, to Sabbath, to simplifying, to being quiet and still before you in the midst of a crazy and chaotic and loud and busy world, Lord. May we not be conformed to the world, but may we be transformed into your image and your likeness by your word. Father, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit rising up in each and every one of us today to be the men and women you've called us to be, to be a healthy church that shines a light in the darkness in our community, Father God. We thank you that the best is yet to come because Jesus, your yoke is good, your yoke is easy, and your burden is light. And so we pick it up, and Lord, we ask you to take the burden of this world, the stresses of this world, the anxious uh, fear and all of the stuff that comes against us, Lord, and lift that shoulder that as we yoke ourselves with you and help us ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our life. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed, said. Amen. Amen. Anybody get stirred up or challenged or encouraged by anything this morning in here and online? Thank you, guys. Praise God. I'm excited. It's going to be a great journey. And uh, I never like to close a service without giving an invitation to know the God that we talked about, the God we worship, the God we were singing to, the God that spoke this word that is just ministering to you right now. He's real, he's alive, and he loves you. And he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and raised from the dead three days later so that we could have a right relationship with God in heaven. This is the biggest decision you could ever make. And so out of reverence of this moment, if all you would just bow your heads, close your eyes just for a moment and online, no moving around, would you reverence this moment as well? I believe this is for some of you as well. If you're here today, You've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You've never confessed him as Lord, believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead so that you could be saved, like it says in Romans. 
today's your day. Maybe you've done this, but it was years ago and you've walked away from the Lord and you haven't been living for a minute. It's time to rededicate your life to the Lord. Get yoked up with Jesus. You don't have to have all figured out. You have to clean your life up first. You just come to Jesus first and you let him do the rest and the heavy lifting. He is faithful. He is just. He loves you. He's got a plan. You were created on purpose for a purpose and God loves you and Jesus wants to come into some hearts today. So if that's for you today, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not going to call you out or call you up or embarrass you. I just want to know heartfeltly, who can I join my faith with this morning in a prayer to receive Jesus? If that's for you, just slip your hand real high so I can see who I'm talking to this morning. Just reel up real high and online as well. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, we're a family church here, so let's just pray it all together as a family. You guys all just repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart change my life and help me live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.